Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Corner Talks podcast. Today, I have a good friend and talented filmmaker, or as he likes to say, storyteller, Yusuf Beg. What's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey, thanks. Thanks so much for having me on your show, Daniel. I'm really excited and, and partially nervous too, but uh, more excited. So, Oh, nothing. I really uh, appreciate that. <laughs> My pleasure. Nothing to be nervous about. Uh, believe it or not, as a host, I still get nervous uh, because you know, it's being recorded and you don't know who's watching kind of thing, but uh, we do it because we love to tell stories. We love to converse and just interacting with someone like yourself, you know, makes my day. Um, So, so, yeah. So, and I remember, you know, working on our last project to give everyone some context. uh, We met uh, before way back at Raindance Toronto, because I remember when I saw you last on set a couple of weeks ago, I'm like, you look very familiar and I just can't, couldn't pick it out. And you were the one to mention Raindance Toronto. So I took yeah. a director's foundation course and uh, that's where we first kind of uh, met. And then a couple of weeks ago, uh, we collaborated for the first time on a project of mine called Act of War. And I was just uh, wanted to mention that uh, it was it's always humbling to know that there's people uh, watching the podcast because yeah. you came up to me and you said, you know, by the way, your podcast is very insightful. Yeah. Uh, it's very inspiring. And, you know, I'm putting out content all the time. Right. As you see on my page. And I'm a firm believer in, you never know who's watching, even though they don't like it, like literally, right. With the heart emoji, even though they don't comment or DM you, someone's watching. Right. And you are a prime example of that. So I want to thank you for that. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. But I, you know, I'll, I'll hit it back to you. I I never went to film school. I don't know if you did go to film school. No. So platforms like rain dance and, and your podcast Mm -hmm. are, are, are of great value to someone like me because this is how I learn, right? I learn by exactly. connecting with people. I learn by being on sets with people. And I guess the, the sharing of information on a platform like your podcast is invaluable to people that want to, you know, break into the industry, learn things without, you know, having gone to or received any formal education in filmmaking. Yeah, you said it best, Yusuf. And, you know, I've been uh, same here. Like, I've never been to film school. I, I tried to get into like a screenwriting program or something foundational uh, in my younger years when I graduated high school, but never got the opportunity. And, you know, I always thought if I didn't get into film school, maybe I don't have a shot. And I realized, you know, really all you need is a uh, passion and ambition, as Tarantino, my hero, says. Uh, hero. That's why he's my hero, because not only is he very talented and I love his movies, but it's his story that inspires me to keep going. Um, you know, this guy never went to film school. He just, his film school was film. That's what he says, right? Watching films or collaborating with people like yourself, uh, people that are in the industry, people that are hungry to tell a story. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I mentioned when I introduced you, uh, that's how you see yourself as a storyteller. And that's, that's how you'll see your, see Yusuf if you follow him on Instagram. <laughs> it'll, it'll, that's what uh, struck me uh, immediately. And uh, the whole point of this podcast is obviously we tell each other stories, but that's what it is really is sharing each other's stories, right? Personal yeah. stories, professional stories. And uh, like you said, it, inspiring um, those that maybe haven't gone to film school or haven't uh, maybe feel it, the industry, it, it's hard to difficult to get into breakthrough or, yeah. you know, they're having doubts about pursuing filmmaking. So I'm really happy that it's touched a lot of people and yeah, it's been a lot of fun for sure. A uh, long way, a lot, lot more to go, a lot more guests uh, to come. But uh, I've been re- really grateful uh, so yeah. far. So thanks again for watching. That's good. And um, yeah, so having said that with regards to film, um, you mentioned a very good point. And I'm sure a lot of people are interested to know how you ended up in film, the film industry without attending a, an actual film institution. Uh, so how did you get involved in the industry, man? Like what was uh, the first steps you took? Honestly, if I were to say a little bit about my background, I, I actually sure. studied uh, medicine. Um, oh, wow. I'm from, I'm originally from South Africa. So I, I studied nice. medicine in South Africa and, um, I had, at the time I was dating someone, someone, and she had a friend that was a quite a, like a, a popular director. And I, it was like my first exposure to a filmmaker ever. And nice. as I, he was working on a film and obviously I'd hang out, you know, with them all the time. And as I hung out with him, I was like, you can do this for a living like you can tell stories for a living i really yeah. need to i need to consult with my high school guidance counselor and have a chat with him and be like you never told me that this is this could be a career or something mm-hmm. that you could do and so that was really my first exposure to filmmaking i mean watching the processes that he went through and still you know not really understanding what it meant or took to be a filmmaker right. and um i guess you know i didn't i don't really have never had really had resources to kind of point me in the right direction and so I took courses like 
where we met, uh, like Rain Dance Directors Foundation, right. and even then, not really knowing what role do I want to play in filmmaking? Because I mean, you could be a, you can be someone technical, like a gaffer or someone in sound. Um, I mean, you could be a color grader, you could be a cinematographer, a director, a writer. So I, I really never knew where I wanted to kind of position myself in the in in filmmaking. Yeah. Yeah. But you always, you always had that affinity for storytelling, right? That's what pulled you in. You didn't know where you wanted to be situated. Uh, And it kind of brings me back to when I was, you know, a little boy and I would watch film. I just loved watching film. I had no idea that you could, uh, obviously I knew it was a job, but you know, no one raises you that way. The conventional sense it's, you know, doctor, lawyer, accountant, whatever, right? No one's going to tell you like, by the way, you know, the guy who shoots the film, like that's a cinematographer and you can apply to this school and maybe you could get this job. Like no one's talking to you at that age, right? So I think what I'm saying is when I would watch a film for myself, uh, if I could speak on my behalf, like the roles that I was uh, always drawn to, and especially when I was leading up to being introduced to Tarantino is that idea of being a director, right? Mm -hmm. Being the lead, uh, like having your vision, um, you know, being captured on screen and all these talented people uh, working in collaboration with you. Mm -hmm. And, And it wasn't until I think Tarantino that I realized you can also write these projects yourself, right? And yeah. have like a full control, like see the vision from start to finish, right? Yeah. Um, so definitely like a process. And that's the question that I wanted to ask you next. Like your your role in filmmaking, you said you didn't really pinpoint. Do you have a specific role now or one that you prefer? Yeah. Or are you still, do you, do you, does it matter to you? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I have a, I mean, just like you, I've been, I, I, I don't know how long you've been exploring filmmaking, but I kind of mm-hmm. feel like we're kindred in that we're on a similar mm-hmm. journey, right? I picked that up. For sure. Um, For sure. I, yeah, similarly to you, I, I mean, my focus is right now, my focus is heavily like um, writing and, and directing, uh, but I still dabble in everything. So, I mean, I, I try to learn everything. I spend a lot of time uh, learning, for example, learning to color grade you know, um, nice. studying color theory and learning to color grade. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard this saying, like the sum is greater than, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. So, I mean, yeah. I feel like as a director, you need to have a, an understanding of all of the components. You don't yeah. have to be the greatest at everything. You don't necessarily yeah. need to know how to be the greatest DP, you know, or cinematographer or someone yeah. to like, but you need to have an understanding of how it works. So I try to immerse myself and mm-hmm. learn a little bit about everything. Yeah. That's how... That's how we collaborated. I, I helped right. you with the, some of the lighting, for example. Yeah. So um, I don't I don't really want to be a gaffer or a, a, a DP, right? But right. I try to learn those things so that I can, it'll add value to my own projects later on. Of course, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I think for me, where I see myself in the future and where I spend my time learning right now is, um, you know, I, I'm focusing heavily right now on, 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 story structures, narrative structures, screenplays, mm, right. um, developing characters, character arcs. And like, it's almost like my education right now. Um, because yeah. I feel like for me, that's what I want to do is tell the stories. And um, like, you know, if you make a film and you're, you could have the greatest cinematography, greatest sound design, but if your story's flat, it's, yeah. it'll, it'll be flat, right? It, won't, it yeah. just won't land. So I focus heavily on that and um, I've directed a couple of short films, been involved nice. in a lot of short films and things that kind of um, affected the quality of the project in the past is the directing. So I didn't even know, I know what I want to do, but there's so many components to directing. Like, I, how do you direct actors? How do you get the best performances yeah. from them? So even investing time, meeting actors, I even plan in the future to take some acting courses because I just feel like if I can understand their processes better, maybe I can... like get a better performance from them uh yeah so that's where i'm kind of focusing now is writing and directing yeah yeah you again uh i I like everything that you're saying because that's exactly the same mindset i have uh, on a a lot of levels uh to narrow it down first off with writing um i've always had this sense i've always had this understanding since i was again first introduced to film or had this uh you know, passion for it, where story is number one, always. And Mm -hmm. uh, I started to learn it from YouTube reviewers, like people just like, as much as it was entertaining, there was knowledge uh, to be learned, there was education. Mm -hmm. And I would read between the lines, and I would start to like red letter media, nostalgia critic, uh, flick pick, 
Chris Stockman, all these YouTubers. And I would always understand that they're nitpicking it. They're making fun of it because there's the story's not cohesive. And then mm-hmm. they would show you the stories that did, that did well. Right. Like I would watch another uh, YouTuber renegade cut. And I still remember at TIFF Toronto international film festival, um, you know, I was in the auditorium and, you know, I was helping out volunteering and I remember someone stood up, uh, he must've been much younger than us. And he said, asked the director, uh, you know, uh, I want to know, like, how do you beca- get to your level? Cause I'm really trying my best. And mm-hmm. he says, to get to my level, you have to learn how to write a script. Mm-hmm. And everyone in the audience was kind of baffled, like confused because they're saying uh, he's a director. Wouldn't he say you have to learn cameras, you have to learn lenses, you have to learn sound and whatever. And what that director is explaining, and again, a lot of heroes of mine, Scorsese and Tarantino. Tarantino. Right? Tarantino especially is the story comes first. The story is the number one thing. If you don't have a story, and that's why you saw me so involved with like, for example, Act of War, and I actually chimed in and I helped collaborate uh, with the writing is because I knew how much the story mattered. I knew that people won't pay attention no matter Mm -hmm. how flashy or stylistic it looks. Mm -hmm. And that's speaking from personal experience. When I watch films or when I watch people's content, if I'm not drawn to the story, or at least invested, um, it doesn't matter. All that work you put in, believe it or not, people will dismiss. I know it sounds extremely harsh, but that's just human nature. It's the reality. Yep. We're not going to be pulled in. We, we know uh, what feels and sounds good. Yep. And after a story, that's why sound is so important. That's why my, my friend there, Ogo, uh, you know, much respect to him for showing up. Uh, yep. I made sure he was, he was available that day because I trust him. I like how he works, but I know how critical he is on yep. set. And I always joke around too, like, you know, uh, learning from my experience uh, that he's like the God on set. If he tells me like, you can't film it because there's a buzzing noise or something not working, you listen to him. Cause when, when it comes to editing, cause I also edit my own work, uh, you don't want to have a clip that's not usable because the sound wasn't there. Cause no one will listen to it. Now, as much as you fix it or whatever, if the human ear is very sensitive, yeah. uh, and very acute. So I, I, yeah, definitely respect everything that you're saying, even in terms of the acting. Um, I don't know if you took the acting courses at Raindance, but I actually, that's how I met, met uh, Abiel Michael, um, you know, who was the co-writer, yes, yes, co-producer, yes, yes. right? Yes. Uh, that was the first time, that was the first class I took was acting. Um, again, following in the footsteps of Tarantino, you know, learning how to act and whatever. And it was a lot of fun. And I actually got a little bit, a little bit of an acting bug, uh, looked out for some like agencies uh, to see what I could do with that. But it's so important, yeah, to, to, to have that uh, focus, to have that knowledge when you speak to your actors yeah. uh, as a director, right? Because they're the front line. You know how when you get hired at a company, right? Or real estate, yeah. uh, re- retail, they would always tell us, you're the front line staff, so we have to make sure you're happy. Not that a lot of these companies would follow by that rule, but yeah. we are the front line staff. And we're upset that, that people are going to associate that image, that mood with the, 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 the brand, right? And that's how I see my actors, right? If they're not comfortable, if they're not believing in the material, um, they're not going to believe in the audience isn't going to believe the story. Uh, it's not going to be believable. Right. Yeah. So it's always important as a director, it's a great mindset to have use of. And I'm so happy you, you uh, took that in because when, when you, when you're dealing with all these moving parts, mm-hmm. uh, the last thing you want is to be ignorant of any of them. Yeah. And, and touching on that, like when I first started working with other creatives to make films, uh, and, I, and, and I'm, I'm not a professional filmmaker. I'm obviously, I'm a student of film, right? And I'm trying right. to improve all the time. But when right. I first started um, getting involved, I, I was blown away by the ability of the actor. Like I had never taken it into so much consideration and then watching people perform and work on their art and perfect it. I remember my first like experience was like, holy crap. Like this is so amazing to see how, how, how they get into character you know, and how important they are to the film. Like, I mean, yeah, because we had worked on some films in the beginning. And then when I initially saw how they uh, interpreted the script, it actually took my idea or my script to like a whole nother level. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, this this is such an important component of filmmaking. It transcends it. Yeah. yeah, And and speaking about Ogo, um, I know he's a, a, a sound god, but I mean, I was doing the lighting and he helped me a lot with the lighting too yeah i was gonna yeah, say like he, he could he's tell me like all. yeah yeah he could tell me like on the film like when we were running into some issues because that's like being working with light on set and i'm sure sound too is like it's really you need to be able to problem solve really fast right because 100 yeah and he he could jump in there and help me and say hey you know bounce the light off of this box because the box was white and we were struggling to find some place he's like just pack these white boxes here and bounce the light and then mm. voila mm-hmm. we would get this like this amazing uh 
you know lighting so yeah it, yeah it's really so important shout out to him yeah no no he he really helped us a lot and he really came through and, and you know looking forward to collaborating with like yourself and him uh more so because i learned a lot from you guys uh i try to like you were explaining about directing is i learned that the hard way when i first yep. set my sights on di- filmmaking i was like oh i'll just be a director i'll just show up and i'll have a camera guy i'll have a you know possibly a writing guy or a co-writer and i'll have an <laughs> editor or whatever and then i realized like uh until you get to that level it's I think it's best uh, to, to really encompass all trades, right? Like to really understand everything. Uh, obviously, you're not going to be an expert in certain areas like lighting. I'm still learning and I'm yeah. still like, you know, inquisitive. But again, just seeing uh, this project that I first dabbled, like mm-hmm. understood, experimented with lighting as a director and, yeah. you know, that back and forth we had, you know, when you're explaining to me, like we, we can do this with this gel and this light. Um, and I'm pretty proud of myself. Uh, I have to be honest, uh, because when I was looking back at like some of the footage, um, I'm, I'm happy. That, I should say I'm proud more of the project, how it turned out, because the lighting uh, was exactly how I envisioned the story. Right. With the yellow lighting, like it wasn't like the choices, um, you know, uh, I kind of went back on. I was I was it, it all worked out that way with the lighting and the atmosphere that I was trying to convey. Uh and that's thanks to you, right? Because you were being so open and honest. And I do want to say, I want to commend you on, by the way, when we were working together, uh, even if you sensed that maybe I wasn't uh, completely sure about the lighting because I was still new, uh, you didn't give me that uncomfortability. It was kind of like you worked with me yeah. through it. And I really appreciated that. Um, I tried my best to like to keep everyone inclusive as much as possible, right? Uh, in the creative process, because I think it's a team effort. And that and 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 it is yeah. a team effort. Uh, and yeah, I, I mean, no, you knew what you were doing. It's not that. It's just that I I've I've worked on some film sets with talented, creative individuals, but um, it's your project. You're the director. It's your vision. And yeah. I feel like people, when working on the project, a lot of I found that people overstep their roles, um, and then it interferes with the creative process. Um, it's not my vision. It's your story, right? So I'm trying to offer value to your process and your story, right? Instead yeah. of trying to say, no, this is not going to work. This is going to work because I, I don't know what's going to work. And I don't know what your vision is for the story, right? It's for me to yeah. collaborate with you to try and get your vision across, how you, how you perceive the script, the characters, the lighting, the story. So it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a great, yeah. it was a great day of shooting actually. Yeah. And, and like I said, man, I appreciate, uh, that, that, like I said, that transparency and, you know, you, you mentioned something interesting, uh, maybe to clarify for the audience about overstepping. Cause I've heard, um, many people like colleagues deal with that. What, what do you yeah. mean when you, when you say the word overstep, like what, what, what has happened in your past experience? Um, I mean, it's just, this is all part of the learning experience of and and something i'll go back mm-hmm. to something you said about sure. when you show up when you want to be a filmmaker and a director and you just show up on set and you have your camera guy and you have your sound guy and your script and you're, i'm just going to go with it without the right expertise exposure you know what i mean you get the experience as you work on film and every time For you sure. learn more but when you show up on set and you don't have an understanding of everything sometimes as a director and it's happened to me in the past and it's my fault. It's not the team that I'm working of course, with. It's, of course. Uh, it's, it's a matter of not being prepared or not knowing 100% what I want. Um, I found where I lose control of the project and then like my DP is directing my project. You know what I mean? It's, mm, it's actually happened to me in the past. Point. You know, yeah. and, then, uh, and then the producers directing my actors. And, and then I'm like, whoa, it's like you lose con- complete control. I worked on a film last weekend um, with a very talented Toronto director Gonzalo, uh, very talented DP. I mean, these are seasoned guys uh, with yeah. Abil. Abil actually invited me to help Gaff, uh, be a grip on the set. Nice. Man, just watching, they, they have experience and just watching how they coordinate everything was so fluid. Everyone knew their roles. They, collect, they worked in, in sync together instead of people stepping on each other's toes and trying to do each right. other's jobs, right? And so, yeah, in yeah. the past, I've actually lost control of my projects and I felt insecure if that makes sense no for maybe, sure yeah yeah and maybe o- that's overwhelmed what, yeah overwhelmed insecure and uh, people are relying on you and trusting you um you know to know what you're doing um they're they're whether even if, if it's even if it's a indie film and it's an unpaid gig it's their time and their art yeah that they're sure. volunteering you know and you want to respect yeah. their time and know what you're doing so yeah, yeah being prepared is important and uh yeah 
I think it it's not valuable to the creative process if everyone's clashing all the time. Yeah, yeah, no, and that, and that's something that uh, that's that's a great piece of advice, right? Like something to take in, and you get you got to be prepared as much as you can. That's 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 a big factor, right? You have to be organized, um, and you have to even if like you're never going to know all the answers, right? Because as we experienced on set, uh, there's always it's all it's all about problem solving. There's always some things that are coming up. Yeah. Um, but it's always, uh, like I said, helpful, for example, with you, right? You, you wanted to understand the lighting that day. And I was, and you're like, I know you don't have a shot list. And I'm like, okay, but I have these storyboards that I can share with you. And I think that, that helped you. And I was able yeah. to articulate my vision even more. And that's what I mean by like, maybe you might not have everything because you're still learning the process, but at the same time, it doesn't help, but like having a preparation and people yeah. will work with you, right? Because they'll see that you have that intention, though, you have that ambition to, to grow, right? So yeah, very important. And yeah, it, it's, it's a, a big thing too for filmmakers. I have to also tell myself and even for you is that these, these lessons, right? They teach us right for next time because it's a constant learning experience. Like these season directors or DPs that you saw on that project, I'm sure uh, we're at the same level as you at one point, right? Just kind of, of learning and projects maybe might've slipped out of hands. What, what's kind of humbling in a way and satisfying is just knowing that million dollar projects, even the director gets you know dismissed or, or gets replaced and they've been in the industry, right? Some of them are well-known or they even walk off themselves because they don't feel like they don't have control mm -hmm. in the project. So I think creativity, there's a fine line, right? It's, it's, it's a delicate balance and uh, anything can kind of be altered, but Definitely, if there's one thing we could take from that is being prepared and organized, <laughs> we'll put you in a different uh, situation, yeah. right? Yeah, and like, prevent you from being overstuffed. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've been, I was watching, I was doing some research on like um, film, like, you know, popular filmmakers and right. like their earlier films where they had like really low budgets. Um, and I mean, low budgets is still more than what we're working with. Like, sometimes we're working with hundreds of dollars sometimes, almost <laughs> like guerrilla filmmaking. And yeah. I mean, low budgets, I'm talking about like, Fifty thousand, hundred thousand dollars, and yeah, that's a low budget. Yeah. But looking at the films and comparing to what they do now, I was looking at like Darren Aronofsky, and I was, I was watching Pi, right? Mm. And it's like it's a great film, it's a great story, it's a great film, and he does amazing with the budget that he has. But if you compare it to what he, the budgets that he has now, mm. you can see like everyone started somewhere, you know, yeah. and and learned yeah. and built the confidence, and people trust them. You do a great job with your small budget. People are like, hey, this guy really knows what he's doing willing to take a chance on you and invest and you know so it, everyone starts from the bottom. yeah everyone starts from somewhere and, that, and that's what yeah. it is right it's constantly growing start constantly willing to learn you know a big thing for me is that as a, as much as i want to see myself as a director and writer and that's how i do see myself there are going to be projects where you know what maybe I'll, I'll step aside i'll be like an assistant director or maybe i'll be a dp right uh because i've learned that you know uh, until you get to that level. And even if you do get to that level, you can't really be involved. Everyone's going to have a project, right. That they want to tell yeah. a story to tell. Right. And yeah. I think the most value you'll receive is just being part of it, regardless yeah. of what you're, what you're in. Right. I think that's the right attitude to have. So yeah, that's we were, definitely something. Sorry. No, no, I was saying, uh, I didn't mean to cut you off. Like we were on oh. set this week, Abil and I shout out to Abil. We were yeah. on set this week and that's exactly what we were talking about. We were like, we were helping the DP and the gaffer and we were, you know, helping with the lighting we were telling ourselves like man we just want to be on set and learn and yeah. we'll take any role like i mean we'll we'll find a place for us on the set of value it doesn't mean that if i have to drive like sometimes being on a bigger set means you're driving someone up and down or playing a small role but you're getting the opportunity to be a part of it learn network so yeah i think and it's important for a director i think to to, to understand all of the components of the filmmaking process right so yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And um, yeah, time will tell like, right. It'll benefit the stories uh, you intend to, to tell down the road. Yeah. Um, so yeah, going back to uh, this whole thing, like our profession and what, what we're pursuing with filmmaking uh, it's definitely not a conventional path, right? It <clears throat> requires a lot of risk and sacrifice. And a lot of people don't understand. And at the same time, it's not guaranteed, right? Mm -hmm. That's, that's the unfortunate thing, but it's the reality. Um, so I remember posting on Instagram recently, uh, something that you gave me a lot of praise for, and it was, uh, generational wealth starts with one risk taker. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to know, like, why does this quote resonate with you so much? Uh, well, it, it's always exciting when you see a picture of a famous soccer player and an inspirational quote, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you could have put Ronaldo there and it could have been a roomy quote and people would have liked it. Um, yeah, for sure. but, but the, it, the quote itself resonates with me because it's, it's how I approach um 
life. And I mean, I'm not a super capitalist per se, but I am trying to um, generate and accumulate assets uh, for my family and the future, right? So, yeah. I mean, it's it's usually with with successful families or, you know, if, let's take film, for example, like, I mean, uh, the Coppola's, whoever it is, right? There's someone who took the risk or takes the risks in order to accumulate generational assets. And to me, generational assets are like, um, you know, generational wealth are like assets, like homes and investment. But more importantly for me, it, it, everyone is different, but for me, it's knowledge. So, Same. I mean, if I can, I have a kid, he's, he's six years old, right? Like, so for nice. me, if I can, if I can pass on knowledge and exposure, like he's very creative. He like, he's like six years old. He makes his own animations and he watches what I do with film and he's like a sponge and he's absorbing it all the time. And it's the risks that I'm taking in order to uh, build generational wealth that values him, right? So not only is he going to one day benefit, should I be successful? If he's not only going to benefit from the, the financial wealth uh, or the financial assets, you know, and but also yeah. the knowledge and the exposure, I think it's very important. No one in my family is in the film industry and yeah same. it's like like really it's like a trial and error for me you know i'm yeah, the risk taker yeah. i'm going yeah. and so are you i'm going out i'm finding the knowledge i'm trying to figure out how it works i'm being entrepreneurial right and then um it's we are the risk takers that ultimately build the infrastructure for the future whether it's your sisters and brothers your cousins your nieces and nephews you know i have other family members that see what i'm doing in film um or I work, in, I work in advertising as well. So I work on a lot of commercials. I produce and direct commercials as well. And nice. seeing what I'm doing and then people are approaching me and my family. And then how do we get into that? Uh, that looks like a lot of fun. You know, I'd right. love to learn how to do that more. And then being able to pass that on, that's to me is a form of generational wealth. And I think it's, it, it, it resonates with me because it's, you know, usually one person that, that starts to carve out that roadmap for that process for your family and friends. Yeah, no, hundred percent, and that's that's why I asked you this because I know you have you're on we're on the same wavelength. Like you you understand this notion of generational wealth and that whole concept of risk taking, and that's how I see myself, right? With regards to filmmaking, is you know I I'm only doing like I know we live in a world and we get older and it's kind of ignorant to say because especially of turning twenty seven soon, but I've only been after this because of the value, the knowledge, and the the love for the craft, right? Like. Yeah. The money, yeah, is a bonus. It's a huge perk. I don't want to be living on the streets. But at the end of the day, I'd rather be making money off of something that I can be proud of, right? Or that that brings me happiness. And not a lot of people can say that for themselves. So I also realize, uh, you know, how difficult the situation can be, right? Uh, mm -hmm. How fortunate you can be if you end up in that spot. Um, but you said it right there, like you're after knowledge and value, right? And then and if you look at like any of the people we were just referring to, like the filmmakers, you know, yeah, it's a given they're going to leave behind a, a certain amount of wealth yeah but it's also like that that legacy right that that the fact that you know the kid right like tarantino's having a kid that kid whatever he decides to do you know it'll help him i know people will, will say like oh it must be nice but it is nice you know like let's yeah. be honest that's human nature people will look at look at him or her whoever whatever kid he has and say wow you, you're tarantino's you know, child, uh, you might have something that, that uh, you can do. And that's that value that because he took that risk that now the generations after that, if they keep it right, they yeah. retain that uh, dignity, that legacy, yeah. uh, they'll be able to keep passing on. So I really, I think that's a noble cause, man. I think that's really cool mm -hmm. that what, what you're doing for your, for your kid. Yeah. Everybody wants to see their, everyone, everybody wants to see their, their family and friends, not everybody, but it's, it's great to be, let's, let me it's rephrase your, no, I like how you caught it's, yourself. Yeah. <laughs> it's wonderful to be able to want your family and friends and strangers to be successful. Not yeah. everybody wants that. Right. But it's, yeah. it's uh, ambitious and idealistic of me to say that, yeah, I want my, I want my family and friends. I want everyone to be successful. And if I can help them by giving them exposure, it's not to say that Tarantino's kid's going to have whatever he wants he's born with a silver spoon in his mouth because some people will think that it's not about that's that's a balance between them and their parenting yeah. right but being yeah. able everybody wants the opportunity to give exposure to their their kids for example right your yeah. tarantino's kid may not want to be a director or an actor or do anything actually in the film industry he may want to be a doctor yeah but he may have the resources and the contacts yeah. in order to guide and coordinate um you know, the growth of his kid so that he can pursue his dreams. And at the very dreams. least, the money, the money to go to school, right? He has that money yeah, that yeah. he won't be in debt 
uh, again, he might say that's my money. Don't touch it. But in, 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 in a, in a nice world, uh, you know, Tarantino will hopefully, uh, give him, uh, some money, right. To inherit. And, uh, yeah, he, he can use it for a good cause. And I think that's yeah. the, so important with the generational wealth and it's a lot of, and it's a concept people just, I get it. Like they don't, people have to work and whatever, but I, I really do believe that, uh, if you don't find a way or if you don't at least give it a shot, like moving out of that conventional path, you'll never, you'll never see like an, an op, another opportunity or something or, or a true mm -hmm. potential that you might possess. Right. That could yeah, take I feel your like you family were, tree. I, yeah. I feel like you were going to bust out like an Eminem eight mile number right now, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Hey, I'm a, Eminem's another, another hero of mine. So I, I, uh, and that's only another got one guy, shot. Right? You only got one <laughs> shot, you know, but yeah. Don't let me start rapping. Lose yourself. <laughs> Great song. <laughs> Yeah, no, there's so many lines in that song. Like, I remember used to listening to that on the high school bus just to get me pumped up. Yeah, you know, failure is my, not an option, right? Success yeah. is my, own, my only option, failure is not, right? And so, every, everybody, everybody has their own perception of success, right? Like, I mean, you wanting to be entrepreneurial and leave generational wealth uh, or acquire it, I mean, that's to each their own, right? And some people, no, are not, sure. some people are not interested in that necessarily. They have their own dreams and passions and pursuits. Maybe oh, their lifestyles sure, are yeah. more simplistic. But I think it's admirable what you're saying, you know, to be able to leave something or leave some exposure for your, your, your family. I don't believe in, yeah, I don't believe in pushing my ideologies on anyone, right? Like yeah, at the end of the same. day, like you said it, right? It's if they want to work uh, nine to five and they're happy, that's great. My whole thing is I get a little bit defensive and maybe you, you've had these situations when people start telling you how to live your life. And it's like, I, yeah. And it's like, you say to yourself, you know, I'm not telling you how to live your life, but you're telling me, and I get it because you're concerned you want mm -hmm. what's best for me. And a hundred percent, especially family. Right. I love them to death for that. But it's like, you know, you just see, I, I don't know. I don't know. You get older and you have like, I, like my grandparents are like in their nineties, like 95. Right. And you just see how they talk, how they act. And you hear the regrets and, you know, just you, you start to assess life and you see it differently. Like it's a bigger picture. Like, you know, I rather, at least I could say, I give it a shot. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, at least yeah. I could say, and I was talking to a friend yesterday, like, at least you could say, not that it's not going to happen, not that I'm saying anything, but if whatever reason you could look back and say, I, I got it out of my system. Cause a lot of people can't say that for themselves or a lot of people yeah. aren't privileged enough or, or, uh, fortunate enough to be able to be put in that position to, to say that for themselves. Yeah. I agree you know what I mean, you. man? Yeah. And, so, and uh, yeah. it's, 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 I think it's relevant, right? Like um, I like to fail um, because I mean, everyone knows this, like failure is feedback, right? Like I feel right. like every time I make a mistake, I'm learning. And then the next time I'm not making that mistake. And yeah, if you're not going to try it, I'd rather be seven years old, think back and say, Hey, I tried this and I tried that. Not everything worked out, but hey, I'm happy. You know, I gave it a shot. Or man, I should have given. I should be seven years old and say, hey, man, I should have given it a shot. I really think I could have been a great director or storyteller, but I, I never took the opportunity to pursue it. Yeah. So, the last thing I wanted to is because I was reaching that point where I would just tell people I wanted to be a filmmaker, right? But nothing yeah. was to show for, right? Yeah. And people would eventually start saying to me, "Well, have you tried this? Have you tried that?" And I hated that. I wanted to be. I'm the kind of guy where it's like, uh, they can't say anything to me because I've tried everything. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Where it's like, it's almost like they sympathize if, if it didn't work out or they understand, yeah. you know, that you tried everything because, well, people always talk, let's be honest, like people are opinionated. But what I'm saying is that like, it's very different if you were coming to me that has no, let's say experience in film or you've never been on a set before and say, yeah, yeah, I love to tell stories. I want to tell stories. I see myself as a director. And it's like, okay, but are you taking the steps? Are you maybe getting a film together? Like, I remember my first short film way back, uh, probably like five, six years ago. It was just me, my, me myself, and, and a camera. <laughs> like, it was yeah. uh, Graffiti Alley. I put it on a tripod, and I would, you know, do my scene. I went to run, stop, record. Had no sound, so I used music to tell the story. And what I'm saying is, like, you could tell a, you could tell a film. You could get your feet wet. In a, if, you, if you're creative about it right mm -hmm. um i was very stubborn in the beginning i always thought like you needed a team a set but that time will come at least get like the juices going the creative juices right like keep keep your mind stimulated keep keep yourself creative yeah. as much as you can you get your feet like you just mentioned you get your feet wet you get your feet wet and then you want to jump in right yeah like, oh, 100%, that's how it is yeah, you get exactly. so you do one you start working on one project you edit your project you get so excited about it you got your feet wet and then you're like I need to do more. It's if you're a story, I feel like if you're a storyteller, then you need to tell stories. You yeah. Know, you, yeah. Nothing will, Scorsese, nothing stops Scorsese, 
yeah, I took a master class uh, with Scorsese, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. And I, I just loved how he's so ballsy that way, but he just starts off the video and he goes, you know, if you're intending to have uh, to be a director as a career, uh, this video isn't for you. But if you really have a story and you won't rest until it's told, then mm -hmm. I think I might be speaking to you. And I'm like, who starts a video like that? You know what I mean? Like, you know how many people are watching that video probably because it's like, yeah, I think I could do directing or mm -hmm. let me make, I want to make it big. But yeah. the fact that he, the way he worded that, he said, if you're dying to tell a story and you have to tell it, because we all have stories in our head and you, yeah. you and I both know this, right? If you really want to tell a story, then I'm speaking to you. And that's, and that's how he started his, his uh, lecture. And I'm saying to myself like that, that's it. That's the drive you have to have. It's like, you don't see it as, you know, a career, a profession, mm -hmm. you see it as like, this is a calling. This is something that I'm destined to do. Yeah. And you're absolutely right, man. For me, um, you know, wind the clocks back a year or two. I didn't have any connections in the industry. I didn't know anyone at all. I was bare. I was literally making films by myself. It was kind of sad in a way, but still, still made the best of it. And what I'm saying now is that every film I, I make every, every time I'm on a set or I'm collaborating with someone, there's always at least one person from that project that'll reach out and say, mm -hmm. let's do something else. Let's do this. So yeah. it's almost like it pulls you back in and it like keep pulling you. And you, and you tell yourself, you give yourself that motivation, like, Hey, maybe that next project can take me to this place. Cause yeah. you have to notice the, the markers, right? You have to notice the progress. If you're, if you're stagnant, if you're not making any progress, I can understand. But what I'm saying is if anyone's listening, like you and I both can agree, like you always, always be aware of the markers. And I'm, I think mm -hmm. we both can say that for ourselves. Like I've noticed a lot of progress. Um, yeah. you know, from, from I know a lot of, I, I noticed a lot of progress in you and I mean, oh, just, thank you. Because we started, I mean, not started, but I mean, we had exposure in the beginning. Mm -hmm. I remember your film from the director. You remember Blackout, I should mention. Yeah. That's right. And, and I couldn't, and yeah, that was, that was great. It was yeah. a great, and, and it was a great film. I think you shot it. I think you shot it on your Sony. <laughs> my bedroom. Yeah. My Sony, Sony A7 III. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a, it was a smartphone thing. And then I, when you played it, I was like, this dude made it on a on a proper camera now i feel like embarrassed but um because i shot it on no, because he said because he said yeah, yeah george damato our, our instructor yeah, yeah. right he was he did like say, whatever he did say yeah, yeah 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 but it, it turned out so great it, you know what it, and the story was great you know the story Thank was it was you. good um uh and i mean now we're working on bigger project actually i noticed that you guys are always that's what i like about yourself and people like abil and ogo because i noticed that you're ambitious and lately like there's a lot, there's a lot of potential down the line because now that we're getting deeper into it and we're improving all mm -hmm. the time, there's, mm -hmm. we're like, I noticed that you guys are writing all the time. Yeah. Right? Uh, I'm yeah. also writing all the time. And, yeah. and that, and that makes me feel like there's a, a kindred energy. You know what I mean? Because like, sometimes I'm, I'm like working on I'm working on a short film right now. And then I'm like, I'm doing like the dishes and I'm thinking, yeah, what's going to happen? How's what, what character arc do I want for my character? And right, people right. don't understand. I'm like, totally like completely normal. Show. Completely I can't normal, sleep man. at night. I'm yeah. laying in bed yeah. and I'm like, man, yeah. what's going to happen? No, I don't like that conflict. And then people must think I'm so weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think people that tell stories understand that you're understand. thinking about all the time. Yeah. 100%. I, I, under, I understand that completely. And I love that you said that. It, it drives me nuts, but the end result's always worth it. Like when you read back that script and you're happy with it. And, you know, a big thing for me was, you know, I write stories all the time. There's a lot of passion projects or feature films. Mm -hmm. uh, I wrote about like four or five of them. Uh, that are kind of tucked away just because like I'm trying to build my craft uh, <laughs> and my reputation yep. as a director. But yep. the act of war was the first time I actually had a full fledged script with my dialogue um, spoken by actors. And I was just going through it. And I was like, again, it, it, it's a great experience. It's surreal mm -hmm. to me, you know, because these words, they're, they're, they're swirling around your head and you're not sure, like, does a dialogue make sense? Are you that good? You know, are you a Tarantino ripoff? But you, you even commended me. I remember after that, cause I, I don't know, anything right like in the sense that i don't want to be the one to say oh that was i have to see the final edit kind of yeah, thing right yeah, yeah. like go through but the then you're not think it was wonderful to see i mean you had some really you had two really great actors on set yeah but yeah they were very I, well yeah, yeah i was i was really impressed with their performance but i thought to myself from i might try to put myself or empathize with whoever i'm working with right and i'm like it must be wonderful to see the performance of your work Right. And yeah. then someone do it justice. Like, I don't know what you intended, but I was blown away. I was like, man, this it was so dramatic. It was intense. They gave such a great performance. And I was like, it must be amazing to see some your work, you know, that feeling or to yeah, share. Come, to, oh, wow, come, come to, life. to life. Yeah. Yeah. Fruition, yeah. Do it just right. And, yeah. and you're absolutely right, man. When I was Connie, Connie Mew, like, thank you again. 
Um, she did a great performance, uh, shout out to her. And, you know, looking back at the footage, and this is what I mean by also as a director, it's my whole thing, like Tarantino, I'm going back to him, but I love him so much for this. He says, cause you need to familiarize yourself for sure with the set and how things function. But I really do believe that as long as you're open, you're honest and you're willing to learn, people will work, work with you. So mm-hmm. what I'm saying is that, you know, I was going in there, you know, I had the, had some knowledge, but obviously I'm not an expert. Right. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that's why I kept saying to you guys, like, think of last of us, think of, you know, uh, post-apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. And then I was showing you guys, you know, pictures that I, uh, got off the internet, George, George D'Amato. Thank you for that. You know, that was a good <laughs> tip. <laughs> he always told me to do that Yes, because that's how she, uh, was able to convey that performance. Right. Yeah. I said, it's very rustic. She's like, you know, a hard ass, a character, right. Of Sarah and obviously Abil, he wrote, co-wrote this project. So he understood where I was coming from. So that was, uh, an approach for him. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is that, yeah, it, it was, it was, uh, so exciting, man, to see, um, the lines that you've written come, come to life. And, but, like you said, do it justice, right? Because mm-hmm. people don't realize that even with Tarantino scripts, that's why a lot of people uh, like Samuel Jackson, he'll say they sing my dialogue. There's mm-hmm. a way you enunciate the words mm-hmm. and the breaks and the beats that yeah. make it, that do it justice. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I would have preferred like spending a little bit more time. I think any director, you know, if you could, you would spend a month on one scene, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, it's like uh, for how they interpreted the lines for how they interpreted the script, uh, you know, just, from what I've seen going through the footage, right? Um, they did it justice. Yeah. And that's all I could ask for, really. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited to see the end product. I I was even looking at like the BTS. I know it's your main uh the, the gentleman that was helping me with yes, the lighting. Yes, of course. Yeah. Just his BTS on his Sony with the lighting, it, it looked amazing. So I was like, I can just imagine how good <laughs> yeah, yeah. the original footage is going to look, right? So yeah. Yeah, for sure. The, the yeah, he he did an outstanding job with that. Uh I have to look through it still because there's a lot and I'm yeah. uh, really thankful for that. It's so important. Uh, you know, people might I remember working with someone and they were like, Oh, I don't want that BTS crap, like it's distracting. But we live in such a visual, uh a digital, you know, stimulating kind of age where you mm-hmm. have to have some form of proof that you're doing stuff and People yeah, need to yeah. have an, people want to see, uh, you know, what's going on in your world, right. As a filmmaker, that's how you create contact. So I'm saying is I'm so happy that we're so grateful to have someone like Jermaine with his talent be on set, yeah. because when that time comes and we promote this project, people are going to start to for yourself or anyone, yeah. when we start tagging people, right. Uh, wow. Who did this? Who set up that? Right. So it, it may even be a prerequisite for if you, I mean, depending on what you decide to do with it, you know, uh, whether it's festivals or whatever, yeah, it may even be a prerequisite. So it's better to have it than wish that you had it, you know? Yeah, even even like, because again, as storyteller, back to your comment about storytellers, I love that you brought bring this up. Uh, when I'm editing the, the, the film, even though it's like three, four minutes, I'm saying to myself, I feel like this could be like a feature if I expand mm-hmm. it. Because I'm starting to ask mm-hmm. questions like, you know, what, who is this guy, James? Like, who is this brother? Mm-hmm. Like, what did he do, right? You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's like, you started like dissecting and pulling things apart. Mm-hmm. So um, that's the beauty of these short films, right? Like you use it for your creative portfolio and, you know, to get some recognition at festivals, but uh, I'd love to, to expand them even more, yeah. right? A lot of filmmakers we know, right? Uh, Damien Chazelle did that with Whiplash, mm-hmm. used a yes. short film, right? To graduate from Harvard. So uh, that's, my, that's, that's, that's my approach, um, just to cut in. Like that's my approach yeah. to it is that I want to come up or work with people to come up with concepts, just like you said, uh, that can be, that can be standalone short films, but it can be a feature film if yeah, you expand yeah. on it, right? And maybe yeah. use it as a concept or proof of concept to get funding or, you know, elaborate. No, 100%. Further. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, you know, that time will come for sure. And, uh, you know, my door is always open, vice versa kind of thing. Like of if course, you ever yeah, yeah, want yeah. to collaborate or co-write, not that I know like how much you love storytelling, mm-hmm. um, that'd be really cool to come up with a project or if you need me to come on as a director, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm one of yours, you know, definitely, definitely. Uh, we'll keep, we'll keep those uh, doors open. But um, yeah, so, you know, having said that with regards to our paths, entrepreneurship in the arts, um, I just want to know, how do you cope with uncertainty or challenges that arise when, when you are as exciting as this path is what, yes. there, let's be honest, what, what happens yeah. when those things cross your mind? Yeah, I, I think that um, my personal philosophy on Mm -hmm. life in general and the pursuit of whether it's your career or your passions, your family, whatever, I almost approach it from a 
an angle of I I tell myself that there are going to be obstacles. Like yeah. I almost guarantee myself that there are going to be obstacles. And then I come to terms with that. And I have learned to have confidence in myself. Like, um, like I, like I, one, I'm not really close with my dad, but one thing my dad always used to tell me was, um, uh, you know, to invest in yourself or to have, you know, you're investing in other people all the time, you're investing in all these different investment portfolios, but you should invest in yourself first, or at least have the confidence to invest in yourself. So for me, I almost believe that I am definitely going to run into obstacles and problems, but I'm confident right. that I'm going to figure it out. Problem solving, right? Like I'll figure yeah. it out. I, that's what I tell myself. I'll figure it out. I try to be as prepared as possible, like we spoke about, but um, you know, I, I, I inevitably am almost confident that I'll, will try to figure out a solution and I don't let that uh, keep me away from attempting to do something, you know? Yeah, no, that's well said. And uh, it's such a healthy approach. Something that I'm uh, acquiring for myself is, you know, there are going to be problems all the time. I think that's what we tell ourselves, especially as creatives, because everything mm -hmm. is such a delicate, fine balance, as yeah. we established before. But it's going to be, it's the reality. There's always going to be something, someone, some, something, it's going to get in the way and mm -hmm. you have to overcome it. You have to problem solve. And one thing I've learned as a director, I remember Scorsese saying it, is you have to be solving problems like a mile a minute, like every, every two seconds. And that was a huge learning experience for me. Like I directed a 20 minute short film last summer and that was very involved. Obviously we had more days to shoot, but what I'm saying is that with, because I was dealing more with more technical aspects, like the lighting, cause everything was shot outside for the previous one. Yeah. Um, you were asking me questions, right? And naturally so, right? You want, you're gonna ask the director like, okay, is this okay? Does this, and I'm like thinking, I'm like, cause I'm trying to process everything, right? Yeah. And going back, it's like, yeah, like you have to, your brain has to work a mile a minute. You have to be so focused and you have to only be thinking about that. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what it is. It's all about problem solving. Uh, if it's anything that I can learn, learn from this business so far, right. Yeah. Is always, what, there, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, no. And that's why I, I have so much respect for the, for technical teams on films. Um, and I try to throw myself into their shoes as much as possible because that's where you're going to a lot of the times run into problems and then watching how they solve problems so quickly yeah you know from trial and error it's uh yeah it's uh, yeah it's for sure yeah and then you take take that on to the next project right and then you keep going and uh you you, you understand um but I, I really do believe that even if you once we make it whatever established it's not uh going to be smooth like there's always going to be something happening whether it's an actress doesn't want to show up or you know a pa is is giving you giving you a hard time because he's always on his phone there's always going to be obstacles and you just have to like work around it right mm -hmm. uh you know it, it's it, it is what it is it's part of part of the territory but that's why we love it right uh yeah. because at the end of the day we want to tell these stories it can so, be so stressful. And then yeah. when it's done, there's so much relief and pleasure in the fact that it, you've overcome it. Right. Yeah. When you're shooting, it can be so stressful. Uh, meeting the timelines. We have until this time to shoot. You know what I mean? Um, the DP is leaving or the sound guy has to leave at five. And, you know, but when it's done and you've captured everything and you shut the gate, as they call it, you know, then, yeah. then there's so much uh, satisfaction and relief in that you know yeah i'm the kind of guy maybe because i edit my own projects uh thus far but uh i i take a huge sigh of relief once once i get through a good portion of editing because yeah. <laughs> even after when it when i say it's wrapped it's like in my head i'm saying okay it's let me wrapped. see what i'm working with yeah no it's not wrapped no that's and i think that's any true storyteller like yourself right yeah when you say it's wrapped right let's say you're the director on set i feel like you won't say it's wrapped until an audience sees it yeah right like yeah, yeah, that's yeah. when you say it's wrapped because yeah, yeah, yeah. you have it's not a it's out of your control now but yeah. nevertheless yeah whether it's editing or directing or anything like that i've learned especially with editing this project so many things that i'm you know trying to just tweak out or like fix mm -hmm. because uh going through just all the footage um making sure everything and that's what it is like you said problem solving so mm -hmm. i'm glad i'm glad you uh, agree with me on that and that's something i should mention is what drives us when we have dealt is like you said seeing the final product seeing the story yeah. come to life um, and being proud of it, being saying this came from that. <laughs> so right? I, I just before you, I know you, it's, we're coming to an end, but like, yeah, yeah. I, no one ever asks you, right? Like, I know you're mm -hmm. a director and a writer, but it seems like you're very passionate about editing as well. What's your favorite role in the process? 
Um, I, yeah, my favorite role, <laughs> I don't know if I could say this, my favorite role is to be honest, like the whole process, but if I really have to spe specify, um, it, it, and yeah, no one's ever really asked me that. I, I have to say writing and I'll be honest mm -hmm. with you, uh, even though it's so stressful, um, I really enjoy creating the story. Yeah. I enjoy getting to know the characters, the dialogue. I recite the dialogue, I actually act them out to a mirror myself. Mm -hmm. um, with the emotions. Um, and, and, and again, it goes back to my, my hero. Like he says, always, I'm a writer first. He actually doesn't even say he's a director. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and the directing aspect, I'll be honest, is because I have such a visual sense and a style that I, I want to capture for what I write. Um, and that's why you see me as, uh, pursuing the directing field. And I enjoy it because I, I really do, um, like bringing talent to people, uh, toward working toward the story coming to life. But yeah, writing Amazing. for sure is, is my, that, that's my first kind of love. If I, if I should mention when i when I pursued filmmaking, I didn't touch anything but writing. I sat myself down and I wrote uh, four feature length screenplays. And I remember that feeling after like saying, now what's the next step? Well, the next step is to develop knowledge and experience and expertise in directing because mm -hmm. no one's going to, no one's going to hire you to direct these uh, yeah. without, uh, unless you're funding it yourself. <laughs> or if you have uh if your dad's you know in the industry kind of thing right yeah so that's that's what i'm saying my next step uh it was like 17 when i wrote my first story um and i treated it like a feature film like one day i will make this happen i said fuck okay how am i gonna make this a reality right <laughs> you know what i mean so because because i realized i went this is like a hundred million dollar project because like the budget like the sequences that i would want mm -hmm. whatever right but I think it's important to have these passion projects put aside. That's what drives you. That's what motivates you. I know it does it for me. I always mm -hmm. look back. Some friends have read it where it's like, when that time comes, you know what I mean? I'll, uh, I'll, I'll pick it up and, uh, you know, mark my words with this podcast. You know, that's why I do these things. It's to capture a moment in time yeah. or hopefully one day, like they'll put, they'll show this sequence. They'll show this segment and they'll say, that's what he was referring to. He was referring yeah. to those stories. Right. And I will definitely come back to it. So uh, I appreciate you asking me that question, man. Thanks a lot. Uh, no me, uh, you Thank know, you. it's uh, always enjoyable to, to talk about uh, where you're coming from, right? Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. But uh, thank you again uh, for coming on the podcast. I really thank appreciate you. you. Yeah, really appreciate you sharing uh, your journey. So insightful. Uh, this is the whole intention of the podcast to yeah. uh, speak with like-minded individuals and to learn something at the end of the day, right? Um, and be inspired. So thank you again, Yusuf, for coming on. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to our collaborations and I'm really excited for our futures as entrepreneurs. I appreciate you, bro. Thank you so much yeah. for having me on your show, man. It's amazing. Yes, of course. Following it and, and attentively and I keep learning things every time I watch. Thank you, buddy. I really appreciate that guy. So right, anyway, thank you again, Yusuf. Thank you again, everyone for listening and we'll talk soon.